Rusty Quill presents. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is entry 3105. It's, uh... <laughs> well, it's uh, it's a little different. Um, okay, so it the cassette looks like uh, it belongs to a heavy metal band, and there's super detailed graphics all over the cassette jacket, and uh, in the center is a very bold angular font, and uh, it says Maltopia's Red Rembrandt.
I drove through thick woods to get to Coleman Castle. The entire trip was like a long song of dark memories, interspersed with numerous faces glowing a violent red. The notes of the song started softly enough, but ended huge and solemn, churning and shaking like gigantic things dying slowly beneath the earth. I was relieved when my destination emerged, melting from the woods like a sickening fog. The town was just a spectre of old wooden stone, piled up in a dreary, half-sleeping sort of way. The place was almost entirely given over to the woods, just a plaything for the scrub brush and thickets. A cast-off mask of man, resting in a web of brambles, with broken branches and dandelions poking through its eye holes. Despite the new focus of my attention, I could still hear the last bits of my journey sinking further into subterranean song, playing to an unforgiving audience outlined in blood and scowls. I sought out the small apartment I had arranged for previously, seemed carved from the city's long-lost past, better suited for a ghost. I unpacked the tools of my trade and immediately napped for a few hours, hoping to shake loose the journey's dark song. My sleep was plagued by countless hands, each one busy sorting through my mind. It felt like my entire being had been broken down into tiny pieces and placed on a conveyor belt. Pale fingers plucked my thoughts from the moving belt and lifted them into the darkness to be examined by inhuman eyes. I could even hear the rusty grinding of a machine. No doubt a proven creature of metal that oversaw my orderly deconstruction. My mind, divided between two receptacles of rusty steel, was at last reorganized. And then I woke up. I had been in town for mere hours and had already experienced one of the signature phenomena alleged to haunt it, the processing. I hoped that the dream was not simply the echo of a myth, as I'd refreshed my memory of the various legends surrounding Common Castle only days before my arrival. Feeling renewed and ready to get on with things, I let my concerns linger where they may. As I made my way to the street, 
my drawing materials packed neatly into my messenger bag. Twilight filled the once empty lanes with long and lanky shadows. Darkness fell while I wandered the apparently vacant city. On only a few occasions did I encounter shapes that might have been inhabitants, but before I could make them out clearly, they darted behind ruined buildings or vanished into black alleyways. I soon realized darkness was something the city had long forgotten how to ward off. Only a few streets heard the minute buzz of electric light. Eventually, I came to a small, empty park, a few struggling lanterns pouring pools of orange upon the ground. The scene appeared more than adequate for my purposes, so I sat upon a rickety picnic table and withdrew an art pad. All around me a slight breeze played, sometimes displacing my drawings to the grass, and I found the experience of sketching in a darkened, haunted town quite thrilling. However, after tonight, I hoped I would have no further use for the remaining tools still reposed within my bag. I drew for hours, it seemed, when in fact I had fallen asleep. That cool, whispering breeze must have been too much for me, and so I dreamed. It wasn't necessarily the terrible dream so many others reported having. It was rather beautiful like a graveyard thickly frosted in autumn moonlight. In this dream, I was still situated in the park, precisely at the spot I occupied before sleep took me. Yet the world around me had changed. It had grown far darker than any waking world would have allowed, as even the softest shadow seemed deeper than a rabbit hole. I also noticed that the once autumnal trees were now without their coats of brightly colored leaves. Yet despite their lack of foliage, they were certainly not without attire. They were wrapped in membranous black silk, a doubtful substance that wavered between solidity and liquescence. The material was everywhere seeming to hang upon the night sky as the breeze informed it with unwholesome shapes. I focused my gaze downward and realized that I too was covered in the stuff. It came away easily enough, but it didn't blow away as it should have. It became a twisting black shape that resisted the push of the dreaming wind. Even in my sleep, I realized I was experiencing another ill-kept Coleman Castle secret, the culling. I knew the shape would soon resemble me, so I waited for my features to reproduce themselves upon the shifting mass. Within seconds, if time means anything at all within a dream, I stood before 
myself. While the resultant creature looked like me in every detail, the simulacrum was considerably fouler than I could ever be. A more concentrated version of my worst possible self. I smiled when I saw the knife appear in its right hand. At the same time, my own right hand seemed to lose a practiced dexterity. I took a moment to soak in the darkness around me, knowing for a few fleeting moments that I breathed the air of the twisted city of Distoria. My twin took a last look at me, a disgusted scowl on his face, and departed into the darkness. I awoke to the whispered glow of dawn and quickly gathered my things, making my way back to my borrowed residence. Only one more dream to go, and my business would be concluded. The following day was unspectacular, as the nighttime had shown me far more than sunlight ever could. I sketched and painted for most of the day, assuring my lethargy when the time came. Occasionally, I would hear the footsteps of persons traveling the sidewalk beyond my high windows, moving with a peculiar gait. I was unbothered by their staggering presence, as they always kept to themselves. I was far more interested in the sketches I was working on. They were unusual subjects for me. Forests and sunsets. Eventually, finding my curiosity too great to resist, I walked through the thick woods to Common Castle's twisted reflection, Distoria. The city was supposed to be less than two decades old, yet it looked like it had risen from the earth itself hundreds of years ago. It indeed appeared to be the exact, yet considerably more perverse, duplicate of Common Castle in every regard. It certainly lived up to its reputation, which was what I was betting on. I was eager to see what the dark twin of my room might look like, so I walked to the Distorian version of the house where I had rented the apartment. The building was precisely where it should have been, but like the rest of the city's aesthetic departures from its twin, it swelled with monstrous features. Gargoyle-like shapes reached out from above door frames and chimney stones. Strange statues rose from the loam of the courtyard, and the building materials looked as if they'd been derived from more humanoid sources, rather than quarried stone and milled wood. I entered the structure despite the fear that began to grip me, yet I deserved to feel fear. It was only fair. 
Light clearly wasn't welcome anywhere in the house. The ample windows seemed no more capable of admitting it than the walls. I imagined the night left a bit of itself behind after each of its many cyclical visits. One day, the innards of the house would most likely appear blacker than tar, but that suited me just fine. I would never be back. When I entered the Distorian version of my room, the first thing I noticed were the paintings spread out on the desk. They were painfully and shamefully familiar. Face after face, red as twilight. Yet it meant that the whole thing was working. I took some solace in that. The images stared from drawing paper yellowed with age and lined with cracks. If I hadn't known better, I would have assumed they were decades old. Yet it didn't matter what they looked like, or how old they were. I was almost done. The shadows around the house began to overflow as the night fell from the sky. I needed to return to my room and dream. Back at my apartment in Common Castle, I looked to my crumpled bag next to the bed, wondering what might remain inside. I gazed out the window, realizing that the window of the doppelganger room I had recently departed was directly facing me, separated only by an untidy stretch of woods. I could even feel something trying to look back at me, if only through dimly constructed and incomplete eyes. I stretched out on the bed, put my head on the pillow, and dreamed the third dream. It's difficult to say what I experienced that night, save that I was filled with the last nightmares I would ever have. I saw so many faces burning like small red stars, just before they disappeared altogether from my conscience. Something locked me to an old rusted chair somewhere in the basement of the world. A knife slid across my throat, and I bled pure red venom into a rusted bucket. After I was drained to the last, I saw a gigantic paintbrush tipped with old haggard bristles dip itself into my blood. Upon the yellowed paper that stretched before me, I saw my image painted. Once more, I was face to face with myself. I think he expected me to scream, yet all I could utter was, Thank you. And I awoke. The curing was complete. As I packed up my things to leave, I hefted my bag into the air. It was light as baby's breath, and so was I.
My trip back home was filled with the silence of forgotten faces and the lightness of an emptied conscience. I marveled at the turning leaves of autumn. It's been three years since I left Common Castle, and in that time I've married and had a child. I work a normal job, and I sleep through the night. I still paint but now only the beauty of nature moves across my canvas. Of course, the Red Rembrandt killings continue unabated, but far, far more violent and gruesome than before. And the portraits of the victims, always painted in their own curdling blood, grow increasingly more realistic. But now, unlike before, I have nothing to do with any of it. Thanks to that dark town, I am free. Tiny Terrors is an anthology horror podcast produced by Pulp Audio and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. This episode was directed by Cole Weavers, with sound production and editing by Mike LeBeau. To find additional information or to join our Patreon for additional content and ad-free episodes, visit our website, www.tinyterrorspod.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Tiny Terrors Pod. Or join the Pulp Audio Discord by clicking the link in the description below. Rate and review us on Spotify and Apple. And finally, thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.